Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. Check us out on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, Just look up Trouble with the Snap podcast. You can listen to our previous shows there, including our position breakdowns that we started. Uh, We started with defensive backs with Sean Vergovin late last week sometime. So you can go find that there. We're going to be breaking down wide receivers and tight ends with Connor Muldowney today. Connor is a writer at Spartan Ave. We've had him on the show a few times before. He's uh, got his own podcast venture starting up with, you know, one of my favorite players of all time, the ice and fire and ice, Eric Snow. Connor, how are you doing today, brother? I'm good. How are you? Uh, doing good. Uh, so uh, take me through this podcast. Uh, you know, I didn't see a title on it. Um, do you have that picked out yet? Uh, what's the deal with it? Actually, we're we're still in the process of coming up with a title, but it's it's on the Believe Network, so it's B L E A V, and I I'm pretty sure it's just going to be called Believe Michigan State. Um, but yeah, I was just approached a couple weeks ago about doing a podcast with a former player to be named later, and uh, the first name that popped up was Jay Kalkrick, and then they Eric Snow kind of just came out of nowhere because he does their Sixers podcast, so I was all for it. And then, uh, what what exactly are you going to be covering? I mean, obviously Michigan State, but uh... um, yeah, a lot of Michigan State football and basketball. I know basketball is his expertise, but he, I mean, everyone knows his son plays for Mel Tucker, and uh, his brother played in the '80s and won a Rose Bowl. So, um, we're going to touch on a little bit of everything. We're going to have some fun with it. We're going to have some cool guests on. You know, we got we got some connections going. So. It'll be fun, and, and hopefully it'll start up here in the next few weeks. Awesome, yeah, man. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to checking it out. Uh, you know, like I said, man, Eric Snow, one of my favorite players, and anyone who's listened to 30 seconds of this podcast knows I can't go that long without mentioning Darius Snow's name. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, exci- I'm, I'm excited for you, man. I'm looking forward to hearing it. And, you know, obviously still enjoying your great content on Spartan Ave, dude, so – I appreciate that. There's there's another project in the works, so just just keep your eyes peeled. You know I will. So uh, we'll we'll obviously you know remind people at the end of the show uh, like we do. I give you ultimately you know I'm just why do why do you want to talk about the receivers? I. I mean, my whole life, I've just, I played tight end when I played football and I've just always been connected to receivers. I just, I just, that position group is like the most exciting to me other than, you know, the quarterback and running back, but that position group is just so exciting. And then Michigan state has a great one. So I felt like I could just talk forever about it. Well, we're going to try to squeeze it within this 30 to 35 minute window instead. <laughs> um, hopefully that works for you. We'll, we'll start with tight ends because obviously, you know, you said it, the, the receiver is really exciting. Um, and I think there's a little bit more of a question mark at the tight end position because ultimately we, what we do is we've been breaking down the starters and giving you a pro and a con um, in regard to where we're, what we think uh, the season's going to hold for each group. Um, like I said, we're double dipping with tight ends and receivers today. Mm-hmm. D- 
Daniel Barker from Illinois, um, the projected starter, was a starter at Illinois, but his numbers don't exactly look like a starter's. When you break it down, that could be because Brandon Peters is absolute trash. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we're not 100% certain, but uh, he was third on uh, Illinois in receiving, 18 catches, 202 yards. To put that in perspective, Michigan State's sixth best receiver, 14 catches, 136 yards. And that's a guy we're going to talk about a little bit later uh, when we do a synopsis of this room, and that's Tyler Hahn. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, it's looking like Barker's going to be the starter uh, for this Michigan State team. Right. Yep. Um Barker, I I haven't seen a whole lot. Like I haven't, I never sat down and watched an Illinois football game willingly. Um, but from everything I read about him and like what the experts say and people who rank transfers, people are really high on him. And and like you said, that might be because the quarterback situation at Illinois was just absolute garbage compared to you know a Peyton Thorn and and Thorn wants to use tight ends. He needs that that you know safety valve that he really he really kind of got a taste of with Connor Hayward. Um, so I think Barker's going to play a huge role. I do believe that Malik Carr has the highest ceiling, but oh, yeah. it's, it's all up to his willingness to block, basically. Yeah, and that that's the thing. I think that's ultimately going to be the thing that s- separates him. If he's willing to block like Malik Carr and Tyler Hunter are able to, and I think it's a no-brainer that he's a starter, uh-huh. Um I think it's one of those situations where you also saw the utilization of that tight end position expand throughout the course of the year. Part of that may be because Jalen Naylor got hurt during the Michigan game for a while. And so that safety valve was needed a little bit more, but that, I mean, talking about the entire room, like I don't know if there's a, better group one through three for tight ends when you look at Malik Carr's potential which I was totally fine with him being the starter before Barker uh, transferred from Illinois and you look at Tyler Hunt who's been there since uh, the 1966 National (laughs) Championship game (laughs) occupying his red shirts COVID year and about four years of just generally not playing and injuries and everything else yeah Uh oh (laughs) But I, I think this group, it gives you so much versatility because Carr, you just talked about his ceiling. Barker, I think, is going to be the best performer. And then, look, I'm I'll, if Tyler Hunt were the starter, I wouldn't be overly disappointed there either. Hey, Connor, uh, it seems we lost you for a second. So I'm going to keep yakking until you cut in. But, yeah, this is a group that's season. The perks have taken the show on the road. Um, But, yeah, we should be clear uh, now. But, yeah, like I said, Tyler Hunt, good last option. Um, I know we're – talked a little bit just a second about uh you know you you need to improve at that position so i i I like this group i think it might be uh one of the best tight end groups in uh 
the Big Ten, if not the best. Um, let's get into the receivers. I know you're looking forward to talking about Jaden Reed, who mm-hmm. obviously is Michigan State's best chance to repeat for uh, the most outstanding uh, player in college football award, the Maxwell Award that uh, Kenneth Walker won last year. Yeah, Jaden Reed is is probably Michigan State's best receiver since, you know, Burbridge, obviously, but he has all the talent to be, you know, possibly one of the best state has ever seen. He's just he's that good. He returns punts, he catches tough passes, he's clutch. You know, he's everything you want in a receiver and I think that's the perfect guy to lead that group. Yeah, no, I mean it's weird cuz you look at him, he's got that jump ball ability. He doesn't possess that jump ball receiver size that you mm-hmm. see from guys uh you know there's one guy i'm going to talk about a little bit later but felton davis and then uh you know the plaxico burst and those monsters that just have that ability he's kind of though he's not as shifty and he's not like a running back after he catches it like daryl stewart he, he would surprise you with those jump balls yeah oh yeah yeah he's he's got the athleticism to jump over you even though he's like what six six one six two he yeah. he's he mosses people quite regularly, which I think catches a lot of people off guard. Yeah, and I mean you, you can look at the Penn State game, you can look at the Pitt game, yeah. you can look at the Michigan game. He, he he did it all, and he did it all in the same corner at the end zone too. Uh, based on uh, you know if you're watching on TV, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it he's really exciting. I, I'm not going to lie. I think he's a little bit overrated as a punt returner, mostly because Michigan State's like 12th string punter from like two years ago ended up uh, just punting it in the wrong direction. <laughs> and everyone <laughs> fell for the Jalen Naylor fake fair catch. But <laughs> so I think he's a little overrated in that regard because people see, oh, he had two punt returns for touchdowns and they lose their mind. Um, he, he's a good returner. He's. You know, it's not Keyshawn Martin, so let's not lose our minds over it. But I think you're absolutely right. He's he's a fantastic receiver. He should be one of the top three in the Big Ten. Take away uh, JSN and Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State, and I think he's right there. Yeah, he's. I uh, I think. I mean, he gets disrespected all the time. I think Pro Football Focus ranked him like the number eight Big Ten receiver this year, which is just insane to me. But. I think that's three. Yeah. He, he was third team big 10 last year. He's a preseason first team big 10. Um, I think he'll be like a, another thousand yard year and he'll, he'll push for that big time receiver of the year thing, depending on how defenses decide to guard uh, JSN from Ohio state. Yeah. And well, I mean, it's going to be Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave all over again. Yeah. Cause so they have Marvin Harrison jr. So, well, I mean, I'll I'll put Reed third at minimum, but he's two at best. So, I mean, that that's good company to keep with uh, how Ohio State pumps out receivers. So, uh, number two, I had a little bit of an issue as far as the second receiver because I actually thought was saying Keon Coleman, Keon Coleman, Keon Coleman in my head the entire time. Mm-hmm. And then when I sent it to you, I sent it as Trey Mosley. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, let, let's just talk about both of these guys right now then because Coleman, obviously a freshman, came along late last season, uh, you know, showed a couple of things. Um, 
you started to realize him a little bit more during the Ohio State game. I mean, first off, he's the only guy who scored for Michigan <laughs> State during the Ohio State game. Yeah. Second, uh, Trey Mosley, though, he put he. There's something about him, and I think this is why I kept saying Keon Coleman in my head, and then I just. You know, I thought about it before, and I think about it every now and again, and then I end up switching them. Is he just puts together just Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay, okay. Sorry, I didn't hear that last part, but I, I think you were talking about. Uh, Mosley putting together really good, but he he just kind of flies under the radar type of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very very quiet. He's quiet, but like I think that's what makes him so good. I think he is one of the most underrated receivers that we've had in a long time because people don't even people don't even talk about him. He had 530 yards and three touchdowns last year, and people act like he's just like this sixth option, like 100 100 something yards, like. He actually had a really good year. He made some really big catches throughout the year, and he played third third receiver behind Naylor and Reed. Like that's hard to do, and he had a huge year. Like he had almost as good as number of numbers as Jalen Naylor last year. Yeah. So yeah, I, it, it, yeah. I I just don't understand like where he's coming from, and it's weird because everybody at the beginning of the year projected him to be, you know one of the guys yeah i i think that um he's kind of one of those late bloomers like michigan state always has those guys who don't really come on till they're like red shirt sophomore junior years and i think that he's he's finally like getting that confidence and i i think that this offense is perfect for him because he doesn't have to be the star receiver but he thrives as that number two option and he he makes like every catch like anything thrown his way he's he's pretty much coming up with it so I think that him as a number two option is awesome. Yeah, and that, that was part of the reason why I think I switched him to where I think he's going to be that number two receiver. One is he doesn't drop the ball. Reed has a little bit of an issue sometimes. Mm-hmm. Naylor had issues last year, too, at the beginning of the year. I think he kind of fixed it as the season progressed. But Mosley was, A, the most sure-handed. Second, I don't, he did that in the slot when he doesn't have your typical slot skill set. Yeah. The guy who does is Keon Coleman, who is just loads of potential waiting to be untapped. Ultimately, um, you watch him, he can beat OSU defense backs down the field. I don't care if it was their backups or whatever. By the time Michigan State finally saw what uh, an end zone in Columbus looked like last season. But... (laughs) He's uh, he's also able to beat incredible defenders like I don't know Musa Diabate uh, <laughs> with a basketball. So I'm I I love this kid. I'm excited about his potential, and I think he fits that slot receiver position more. And that's why I kind of switched them like last minute uh, as I was kind of sending you what my idea was for the show. Yeah, I think I think he's like he's perfect because he's just a freak. You could put him anywhere and he's he's probably going to put up numbers. 
but he was so raw last year. Like I, I think you could kind of tell by listening to the coaching staff that he was just like, he had all that potential and he had all the talent. He's just like very raw because I don't think, I don't think the competition he was going up against in Louisiana was top tier, but he's, he is a freak regardless. Like he is, he is exactly what you want when you're trying to build up a program and like in a year or two, he could be a, a Bolitnikov contender. You have, I mean, he's that good. Well, hopefully it's in a year because Reed and Mosley are both going to be gone. Right. So, right. <laughs> that, I mean, that, that, that's where I'm at is this is the setup for Keon Coleman. And when Coleman does take over the program as uh, the number one receiver, the go-to guy, there's obviously, you know, the guys behind them, which I think collectively make up the second, maybe the third best receiving, best behind Michigan, maybe the third best receiving room behind, uh, like I said, OSU and Michigan in the Big Ten. And that's uh, guys like Montori Foster, who had a really good year last year. Mm-hmm. I talk about guys who kind of flew under the radar because a lot of people anticipated you know, Coleman making that jump a little bit more and jumping over him. Uh, you look at Lockett, and then you that one jump ball guy that I kind of uh, foreshadowed a little bit earlier in that uh, Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. Yep i I think that there's there's plenty of depth there, and there's plenty of like talented guys, and I think. Uh, Tucker brought in a really good receiver class too. The the freshman class is really good. So not only are they going to be fine once Reed and and Mosley are gone, they're going to be loaded there, I think. I think a lot of those guys won't play much this year just because there's not a need for them to do it. But like guys like Jeremy Bernard, he's going to play this year or Antonio Gates, um you know, Tyrell Henry, Jerron Glover, like those guys are going to be good down the line. And I think that there's so much depth there. What, where, where does Bernard go? Because when you look at the depth chart of the guys who played last season, you know, it's Reed, mostly and or Coleman, you know, if you want to go back to the old D'Antonio depth charts mm-hmm. <laughs> or, and then it's Foster and Lockett. And I'm assuming Bernard is going to fall in that four or five spot. Yeah, I, I think I think Bernard is going to be like for sure like a backup option. Like he'll be he'll be top four or five receiver on the team. Um, I think he'll be ahead of uh, Lockett. And I, it's tough. I think Foster's going to be the fourth. Bernard's going to be fifth. And then, like, we'll see Fitzpatrick and Lockett kind of battle it out for some some extra time. But obviously, they're kind of two different receivers there. But I, I see Bernard getting a good chunk of time this year. What what is it about Michigan State receivers that are so different than the rest of the league, it, or just the rest of football in general? Because you see a lot of football teams try to get a guy like a Jaden Reed, you know, that six one, six two, just kind of do everything type of player mm. for the wide receivers, good route runner, good hands. Like I said, he may not be the most sure handed. And then you always see them try to get those Felton Davis type 
built. Mm-hmm. Michigan State, obviously, uh, when you look at this depth chart, or my projected depth chart that I just made up like <laughs> three hours ago. Which I, look, I'm not going to lie. I think it's pretty accurate. It's accurate. They, they don't have that guy until number six or number seven. Yeah. Yeah, that, that guy kind of kind of went away when uh, – what's his name? I can't even think of his name. Transferred to Kentucky. Uh, he was like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He was a Mark oh, Antonio oh, recruit. Oh, my gosh. Can't even think of his name. Which shows you how much he played. I yeah, know he scored yeah. touchdown. He scored touchdown I... against Penn State in the COVID year. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, yeah. that that was supposed – he was supposed to be – like the Felton Davis guy, like the big body, you know, catch everything thrown his way in the red zone type of guy, but he he just never panned out here. And I think Fitzpatrick could be kind of like that. I don't know how I don't know how big he is, but like he's the only one that I could really see fitting that description. Maybe Keon Coleman. I don't know. Well, we know Coleman's got the vertical. Yeah, for sure. Let's say that, but yeah, th- this group it has me excited. I'm stoked. It obviously helps when you have number 10 throwing football as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll break down the quarterbacks at some point. I know Chris Stanton is going to be on tomorrow. We'll be talking about a running back room without Kenneth Walker. Um, Can I just throw out there that J- Jarek Broussard is going to be Kenneth Walker light? Yes, you can. <laughs> I, I have very high hopes for him. Very high hopes. The uh, See now I'm going to go into it. And spoilers, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he was Pac-12 Offense Player of the Year. I'm I'm intrigued by him. There's another name that I'm also intrigued by that uh, Jay Green has brought up to me on multiple occasions. And then when you start seeing his name circulate in the press a little bit more and a little bit more as time progressed, he'd send me a text message every time, be like, "I told you, I told you." <laughs> And I, I'll talk about that. I'll talk about that tomorrow with Chris, and that's called the radio tease. <laughs> but look, a um, lot of good stuff coming from kind of like I said, Spartan Ave, uh, the Believe Network. Yes, yes, B L E A V. L E A V. He's got uh, the ice and fire and ice, like I mentioned, Eric Snow. They have family, man. Athletes. Just all of. Yeah. All right. So, spot. All right. There, there's a lot of these. There's a lot of these types of uh, families that run through Michigan State. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? There, yeah. there's a lot of these legacies just all over, like maybe even more so than at any other college. Yep. Especially as of late. Where does your co-host's family rank on that list. Well, let's say Darius Snow's career plays out like we think it will. He ends up being a star and an NFL player. Um, Second team All-Big Ten linebacker, nickelback, whatever. He's very very good. Very solid player. Very solid player. Um, That's tough because the Bulls were great. Um, I mean they they got to be like top top 
three and and they're probably not three right they, they got to be like a top two family percy snow was great eric snow was a player for percy over a decade so percy won the because right i think so i think yeah. so oh so you got that and then you two got professional it. players came from there and then one yeah. probably another professional player is coming out of there so yeah i mean they could be the best, right? Yeah. See, I'm trying to help you because what <laughs> no, I was going to do, you said like fourth or fifth behind the Bullos <laughs> and Allen's or whatever it was. I was going to send an email. Oh no! Your podcast and put you on the spot with. Oh, I don't want to get so, in trouble before it even starts. Yeah, so <laughs> it's good. It's good. That, good that I talked you into first. Okay. <laughs> Definitely first. Best family there is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but hey, no, Connor, hey, I really appreciate uh, you coming out and talking about receivers. You know, you're welcome on the show every time. You give a lot of good insight. Um, and you know more about, you know, that I always say my one weakness on the show, other than the fact that I drive while I'm doing it and it sounds great <laughs> and I don't recommend it. My one weakness is I don't have a full concept of the incomers you, you, the newcomers you know i i got an idea of jared because i've seen him i got an idea of jalen burger because i've seen him i i don't know the recruits like you do i don't know that type of stuff so you're welcome anytime to help me out i appreciate you thank you for thinking of me <laughs> yeah like i said you can go back you can listen late last week uh sean vergovin broke down the defense backs i mean that was a lot of good stuff a lot of good stuff today breaking down the wide receivers with Connor and tomorrow Chris is going to be with me. We're going to be breaking down the running backs and we've got a couple other position groups up for grabs if anybody wants them. So <laughs> go ahead, hit up the Facebook page, The Trouble with Snap Podcast, and there you uh, can find all of the. You can find the Apple Podcast link and the Anchor link, uh, Spotify. You can find through Anchor, and you can go, you can like, you can subscribe, and you can and should share all the content. Connor, appreciate it, man. You have yourself a good one. Thanks, you too. For Connor Maldoni, I'm Tyler Hayward. This is The Trouble with the Snap.